0: Leslie Iwerks is an American producer, director, and writer. She's directed films including Recycled Life, which was nominated for an Academy Award, and The Pixar Story, which was nominated for an Emmy for Best Nonfiction Special. I had her on the show today to talk about her book, The Imagineering Story, the official biography of Walt Disney Imagineering. Walt Disney called Imagineering the blending of creative imagination with technical know-how, From Disneyland USA to Shanghai Disneyland, the technologically advanced artisans and imaginative storytellers known as the Imagineers have created entire worlds of Disney magic. This book is currently available wherever you buy books and would make a perfect gift for anyone who has that Disney fan in their lives. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it.
1: I'm absolutely happy to do it.
0: Thank you. So, Oh, no, no, no. I, I, so this, I got the book this weekend and I opened up and my first thought was this will just be like a light read. I can knock through this in an afternoon, no problem. And the first thing I was just really impressed by how comprehensive this book is and the amount of detail you go into here. Um, that it really is a wonderful companion piece to the documentary series that you've already made on this. And the thing that I think is the, the key to this working for me personally was your enthusiasm. It's your voice that I hear and that you still have that um, enthusiasm for how these things are made. And I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about turning this docu-series into a film and then turning it into this book and how this project has all come together for you.
1: Well, it uh, it came together, gosh, back in like 2015 or something crazy, um, 2014 even, um, when I had done the Pixar story, had screened it. Years later, after I finished it at Imagineering, and they invited me up, and so they saw that, and they and Marty Sklar had said, "When are you going to do the Imagineering story?" So I said, "Well, you tell me." So that. Led to a commissioned, a commissioned ninety-minute film that would last five years. So travel all over the world at different parts of the year for five years. Right. So I was like, okay, I'll do that while I'm doing my other shows. And then at the end, we we just started editing. And by the time we got all this material and all this archive, we got six hours. Right. Yep. So um, I felt like it was worthy of of actually cutting six hours because it was just so hard to just tr- trim it down to ninety. Um, so when we showed it to Imagineering, they were like, whoa, this is great. You know, so then Disney plus unbeknownst to us came online. That was just about to get announced. And so they heard about it and said, we want that show for our launch. So the timing couldn't have been better. Um, who would have guessed? Right. Um, and then, we we still had so much left on the cutting room floor. So you know, st- over 200 interviews, 200 plus interviews I've done on that on the with the Imagineers globally, um, and probably countless more over the phone. Um, so all that stuff got transcribed. You know, so much left, and we had st- we had strung out sound bites the whole time. You know, like what we thought were really strong per person. And so we already had it all kind of ready to go, right? So we just started. So Wendy left kind of Disney Publishing, basically said, you know, um, why don't you consider doing a book? And I said that'd be awesome. So anyway, we then jumped in and um, got it, got it laid out, got it templated out, got all the bites in, and got all the connective tissue sort of mapped out, and um, got approval, and, and off we went. So that was the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, it's been, uh, th- this has been really, though, your whole life, though, this um, this sort of the part of the Disney life. It's something that it's very surprising that I think of my father's work, my grandfather's work, and I don't have that kind of enthusiasm for it. I don't have that sort of reverence for it and how um, there's no, I don't detect any cynicism or that it wears thin on you at all when I read this book, that it feels like you still have that wonder, for this world stone is that the case?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I love it. It's like um I grew up around this. Um, my dad worked at the Disney studio, my grandfather was a co-creator and designer of Mickey Mouse. Um, you know, I grew up in the world of Disney, um, on the back lot behind the scenes, you know, um, going walking around the, the old western set, you know, with the shaggy DA and the you know, yeah. <laughs> all those cool old school uh TV shows and films that were being done then. Um, not to age myself, but it's true. Anyway, um...
0: well, we're, we're, we're about the same age. So yeah,
1: I'm right <laughs> I mean, with you. To me, like the, the Herbie bug parked on the sidewalk in the back street was like watching, yeah. looking at the celebrity sleeping. You know, I'm like, oh my God, there's the bug. So anyway, so it was super cool. And um, that was a little bit of magic for me. And then going into the machine shop and seeing my dad as head of the machine shop, overseeing all these camera systems and projection systems being built even on the weekend people were working around the clock to try to to get Disney Tokyo Tokyo Disney Disneyland finished. Um, you know, and uh even Epcot and Walt Disney World. So so I was around it. And so it just created this enthusiasm and excitement for for film, for behind the scenes, for how people do what they do. I love visual effects. I love technology. I love creativity. I love knowing, you know, what goes into coming up with a story. I love all the animatronic designs and figures and everything else. So everything that they create over the years has just been fascinating. And, um, and I used to go behind the scenes uh, at you know, Epcot and Walt Disney World. My dad would take me backstage then too, as a kid. So I'd see these animatronics di- life life-size dinosaurs being built, you know, created and tested, you know, all that stuff you see on the T- Disneyland TV show, I got to see a bit of that. And so to me as an adult, many decades later, now now having the opportunity to to document this stuff, has been such a gift and so much fun because it's like, now I get to really learn and ask all the questions I wanted to know as a kid. And so that enthusiasm definitely is there. And I, I just so respect and admire the Imagineers who I've had the pleasure to meet because they're just so humble, so real, so nice. There's, it's not like egos and drama. It's like, we just want to create. we just love Disney. We love passion. We love creating joy in the world. So to me, it's just been an all around great story. And
0: there's this, um, I don't know if this was an intended consequence or sort of byproduct of it, but my six-year-old son has a fascination now with how the parks work and how these things have all come together, seeing the series. And it's explaining to him how engineering is actually what leads to this artistry and that this is math. This is science. These things tie together in making these works of art and just the combination of those two skill sets um, I think they often we don't see that until we're most of us are far into adulthood that we appreciate that And now I think you're going to have a whole generation of kids that are into engineering because of this stuff
1: yeah you know I think I I'm excited because you know a lot of people come up to me and said I'm really inspired to be an imagineer I, I it was my dream as a kid and now I'm an adult and I you know, I'm an engineer, but I have no idea how to get in there, you know, so like, don't stop, just keep applying, you know, um, they they hire people from all walks of life all over the world. And um, so I think it's an important thing to not give up. So many of these people's stories, these imaginary stories are like, where did you come from? You know, and they're just like, well, we, you know, went here and went here and went here, but then finally landed at Imagineering. So it's not necessarily a straight line to get to get your dream job, if that's what you want.
0: Well, and it's and so many of these stories that you know when reading through this um cuz I haven't finished the book yet but I absolutely will which is something that I'll pay as a compliment because a lot of the times if I haven't had a chance to finish the book and I do an interview it will just go back on the shelf and kind of hang out for years to come but this is something I'm actually wanting to go through and finish this book and kind of go through some of these stories with my a 6-year-old uh, but um how they ended up there, that they how they become uh imagineers, that it, it was this indirect path that you're talking about. But Walt would see people see something in them that was not their direct skill set and say, hey, you should try this now. This is something that I think you'll be a good fit for. Was it because he saw something in them? Was it because they were the person in the room? It seems like there's just this kind of this energy around it that I wouldn't have expected, that I would have, you know, you think of how large Disney is as a corporation and how, you know, that there was this sort of fear of putting together loans in the beginning of this to get the parks going and these kinds of things and how the deal they had to make with ABC to kind of get the backing behind all this and all these little anecdotes that I'd never heard before. And I've just, it's such a fascinating story.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a true story of um, passion and perseverance, you know, and, and it's, um, it's a never give up and never say no attitude. Walt had that from the beginning. He just kept trying, trying, trying. And He had a real vision. Um, at a time when theme parks were um, going down in in attendance and in respect um, around the country, uh, he he th- he saw as a true disruptor that Walt was that he could actually retrans. He could transform the theme park into what it what it what is what it was and what it could be and he it wasn't a theme park then it was an amusement park right Right, coney island or you know whatever so um you know to to him he said my my park can be clean and it can be for adults and kids and 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 it's not just for little kids and and so um that initial vision and plus Bringing in his IP, his his animated characters and his live action characters, and his own values that he wanted to impart into the park, um, Americana, you know, values, things like that, storylines that that would mean something to audiences at that time and still do, which is amazing. Um, that's yeah. the, that's the DNA that every Imagineer is inspired by today, and. They continue that, and he Walt believed in friendliness. He believed in hospitality. He believed in um, not talking down to your audience. He believed in technology and and surprise and pushing the envelope technologically and um, and really strong stories. And so you look at any any actual attraction or ride or queue line or even a recipe. <laughs> um, they all have a story to them, and yeah. they all are about quality, right? And they're all about surprise and and titillating the audience, basically, you know, in some way, shape, or form.
0: Oh, absolutely. And some of these attractions have been there for decades now at this point that I saw them when I was a child and they still work. That it's something that I go back and, you know, I took uh, one of the first things we did when the world started getting closer to normal-ish last summer when we took our kids on vacation, we took them up to Disney and to see that something like the Jungle Cruise works just as well today as it did when I was seven years old. It's amazing to me that it's just, there's something universal that it's just, I don't know how much it's changed since then, if it's changed really at all. And it just still is a great time. And you talk about these ideas of innovation and technology and those things and how at the time it was that. Um, But now some of these things can feel possibly antiquated or out of date or out of step. But really, because it is that storytelling, because it is just something that does titillate there's something universal about it that is timeless about some of these attractions.
1: Yeah. And I think that's always been the challenge for Imagineering. Walt Disney's original whole, whole directive was Disneyland will never stay the same. It'll always be changing. Yeah. So that gave them complete freedom to always change. But within a certain reason, for a certain reason, don't just do it to do it um and and as you'll read through the book there were a lot of trials tribulations missteps lessons learned that you will read about that anybody i think can relate to whether you're in whatever industry you're in you know i think that if you're a business owner you're a restaurant owner you're a starting a hotel you are building your own house you're designing your own kitchen like it the lessons in this book and the the thought behind the design and the thought behind the the choices towards creativity and story are all applicable right um and and I think there's a certainly there's been a a major wave in ho- the hotel industry to tr- to create more thematic experiences because of Disney because Disney has led the way in creating uh very exciting and yet surprising places to stay it's not just four walls with a bed and a window and you know a bathroom it's about extending for disney it's about extending the park experience into your your nightly stay beyond the park walls right or the gates so I think a lot of hotels now, high-end hotels, are actually taking a lot of that, and and certainly, you know, developers have done that already in Vegas and and like oh, yeah. Rick Caruso, who I interviewed, you know, for the Grove and his various, um, you know, uh, urban urban areas that he's designed. I mean, so so you'll see the reverberation of Walt's original vision and the the impact that each each uh, uh, amusement park has had or theme park has had since. Not only do Imagineers stand on the shoulders of those who came before and continue to iterate and improve upon, but they're also influencing things outside of the theme park world, right?
0: Absolutely, 100%. And I had, I know we're out of time, but I have one last question I just want to try to squeeze in. You have, history now of getting working with incredible narrators you know whether it's angela bassett william macy daryl hannah i mean you've just had incredible luck with uh the people you've worked with for your audiobook will you be doing it yourself because you actually have a lovely voice as well will you do this or will you have somebody will you outsource that
1: oh that's sweet well no one's ever told me i have a nice voice so i appreciate that (laughs) 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 um I don't know. Actually, this has not come up. I know we have it on Kindle. I haven't, we haven't had discussions around the audio, the audio book yet, but um, we'll see what, what they want to do if they want to do an audio book and who they'd like to narrate it. But yeah, I've definitely been very fortunate to work with top from Kelsey grammar on my very first project to Tom Cruise to, you know, you know, it's just, it's been a lot of fun. So.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate it
1: thanks christopher really nice, nice to
0: meet you uh, you too take care. bye-bye thank you.
1: bye-bye all
2: right thanks christopher
0: thank you uh bye-bye
2: bye time enough to figure you out time enough to write this down wish me luck give me hope